0: hey folks i'm pastor eric tritton from gloria day lutheran church in hudson ohio and this is a weekly word, and I'm glad you're with me today. Uh, I'm wrapping up a series on the church, the broad sense of the church. Uh, and uh, next week, I'm going to start a series talking specifically about our mission statement here. Um, hopefully, that's something that's going to be a blessing to anybody that pays attention to it. But uh, um, be a little bit more you know, in-house in terms of what I'm talking about. Um, And speaking of being in-house, I'm I'm in the Lord's house today once again, um, standing in the church and thinking about not just this congregation, but the church at large, the universal church, the the big C church. And one of the, the important realities of the church is that it is the body of Christ. And we do well to think about that image of being a body in terms of how we live. So there there are a couple of different places in the scriptures that talk about being the body of Christ. First Corinthians 12 gives this to us, it says, for just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. It's talking about this reality that we are baptized into one spirit, into one body. And he goes on to talk about whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, um, whoever is baptized into Christ is part of this body. And he says, now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. So we're we're part of this, this body that is Christ at work in this world. And again, in in Ephesians chapter 3, he he says that the Gentiles are co-heirs. There's this unity between the Gentiles and the Jews, these two that aren't supposed to uh, work together, Um, but they're members of the same body and partners in the promise of Jesus Christ through the gospel. So the gospel does something where it unites us into this body of Christ. And in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that Jesus gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers uh, to equip the saints for work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. So it's a, a growth and a fullness that's not what do we think we ought to be, but in terms of who Jesus is and what he's done. And then in Colossians 3, we have a kind of a hint of this. It says, let the peace of Christ, to which you were called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So when we think about being the body of Christ, one of of the obvious implications of this reality is is that the, the church is subject to Jesus. We don't set our own agenda. We don't go about saying, well, this is what I think we ought to do, or this is what I think is right or wrong. Um, Jesus has given us his word, and he leads us, and he teaches us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, we have the, hear this wonderful little statement, we have the mind of Christ. So when we think about the body, how, how much of what goes on in the body is controlled by our, our mind? You know, we, we know that all of our actions, all of the things that we do, they tie back to what's happening in, in our brain. And we, uh, we like to think that we control ourselves by uh, our minds. But, um, you know, we, we know that our bodies don't always con- conform themselves to what our mind says. And in, in biblical terms and in, in terms of the church, that, that's an image of sin when the body does not do what the mind calls it to do. And sometimes people will say, well, how do we know what Christ wants? He's given us his word. We read it. We listen to what he says there. He's not made this so that it's difficult for us to understand. He's given us a clear word that, that we can listen to and receive. It doesn't mean that we're all going to understand it exactly the same way because we are sinful people, but the Word of God is not something that is obtuse or difficult. It is something that is intended to be understood, and by the power of the Spirit, we do understand it. So, yeah, we are to obey Christ, because He is our head. But there's some less obvious implications for this, too. Uh, Some really good gospel uh, implications in this. If we are the body of Christ, The church is imperishable. Christ has risen from the dead and he cannot die again. And the church will not die. The church will not disappear from this earth. Uh, Jesus promises that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And so we can be confident that no matter what happens in the world, the church is not going to die out. Is it always going to look the same way that it does now? No nor has it always looked the way that it looks now. Is it going to enjoy all the freedoms that it does now? Well, no, neither has it enjoyed enjoyed that all throughout its history. Uh, But wherever there are people who will hear and believe God's word and God gives forgiveness of sins and they gather around his word and his sacraments, the church will be there and God will be doing his work in the church. The church is imperishable. Uh, and part of the reason that it's imperishable is because it's Jesus' body. Uh, the church is necessary for salvation. I know that that, that statement's probably a little bit controversial. Um, now, I don't need to go to church. Uh, when you look at what it says in the Bible about being the body of Christ, uh, I suppose technically you are correct. You do not need to go to church in order to, uh, to be saved, but you need to be the church. And the church gathers. The church is where the word is proclaimed and the sacraments are celebrated. We need the church, that whole body of Christ, wherever God is at work giving forgiveness and life and salvation in our lives. And so we are called to fellowship. And as I said in Colossians, you know, that, that we are to let the word of Christ dwell among us. That you is a, a plural, you know, as we uh, worship him. And the idea is that we're not just lone rangers, we're part of a a body, Jesus' body. Uh, And bodies grow, and the church grows too. And when we think about the church, sometimes people will talk about the church as an organization, and sometimes they talk about it as an organism, and they debate which is it. And it has elements of being an organization, you know the bills have to be paid, uh, the the facilities have to be repaired. There are leadership issues and all of those kinds of things that go into uh, a congregation aspect of the church. But the church, universal church, is also an organism. It's the body of, of Christ. I read this verse just a little bit ago from Ephesians 4 verse 13 where it says that we are to reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son growing into a maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Uh, there are a couple different ways to look at growth. Sometimes we think about growth numerically. And it's nice when churches grow numerically and, and there's a large gathering and, and we can do more often with a larger church. But there's also growth that is uh, represented by the roots of a tree that go down and firmly root us into the ground, uh, firmly root us into Christ. And we want to grow in that maturity that, that knows the word, that trusts God's promises, that is unperturbed by the, the, the world because we know that Christ keeps his promises to us and that we are in him and he will bring us through whatever we're experiencing in our lives. Because when we're in Jesus, uh, as the church, we're actually filled with his life, his eternal life, because he's defeated death by his resurrection. And that gives us great confidence and peace which the church is obligated to be at peace. We're obligated to be at peace with one another, and that's speaking congregationally. Um, It's one of the things that I'm really concerned about, Uh, with the politics in our country right now. I'm in the United States, uh, so uh, there's a a really strong division between our two main political parties, and there is a lot of animosity right now in our country between those, and it's infiltrated the church. And it's, it's not a healthy thing for us to be bickering and arguing over political issues over what has God's word said. We're we're often more guided by our politics than we are by what the Word teaches and proclaims to us. And we are called to be at peace with one another universally. And this is difficult when we live in a a fallen and broken world. um, Because I I do think that there are points of scripture, uh, points of doctrine, that are worth recognizing that we are not the same and that we have differences and that those differences matter. But we don't always disagree agreeably how do we live peaceably with our brothers and sisters in christ who love jesus and live in his forgiveness and yet maybe don't understand the lord's supper the same way that we do or understand baptism the same way that we do and that's a challenge for us and something for us to pray about and to strive for and ultimately when we think about the essence of the church The essence of the church begins and ends with Jesus. We're not a club that, you know, just because we're like-minded, we come together. We're not the sum of our parts. We're one total body connected in Jesus, baptized into Jesus. In Romans 6, it says everyone who's baptized into Jesus is baptized into his, his death. We're all united right there. And this is a sacramental reality that we live in that we are baptized into Jesus, we're, we're born again by water and the Spirit, we're fed together on Jesus' body and blood in the Lord's Supper, his life flows into us so that we know that we do live eternally in him and we are promised resurrection. And so while we live in time and the church is expressed here in time in all of these different congregations, there's a reality that we are living in that We are living in eternity, too. And the church is eternal, because the church is the body of Christ. So, thanks for spending some time with me, thinking about the church being the body of Christ. If this has been a blessing to you, if it's been helpful to you, please like it, share it, help other people to find it, and uh, God's blessings.